Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got John Rayner on the line. John, how are you, sir? Fantastic, Michael. Thanks for this. Uh, thanks for being here. And I know we talked on the pre-show, we've been trying to get this booked for quite some time. So thank you for your perseverance and patience. So, And, and the timing is good uh, because you teach people how to speak publicly and efficiently. And as we were talking about a little bit in the pre-show, during COVID-19 and the challenges that we're facing, the need to be succinct and to the point in our presentations has never been more important. So tell us a little bit about your work and how you're pivoting in these uh, new days of public speaking and virtualization of almost everything we do. Well, Michael, regarding my work, it's been now um, a 22-year journey of being a public speaker, um, personally, that is. Uh, I've always had a a passion for a passion for how is it that some people are able to efficiently and effectively inform, influence, or persuade, um, whether it be an individual, a small group, or the masses. And that's always fascinated me since being a teenager. I'm now uh, 47. I had my birthday just two days ago, so it's been a you know a long journey of uh, studying this for the last um, 30 years. Started speaking, obviously, to small crowds of ones and twos and tens uh, going back 22 years ago. But, of course, that's gone into the, uh, the tens of thousands uh, by now in my late 40s. Um, but it was about 20 years ago when someone said to me, John, until you're a mentor, until you're able to educate, coach, influence, inspire, motivate others to do what you're passionate about, you really haven't mastered your gift or your arts. So I thought, oh, there's a, there's a challenge. So I got involved in what's called uh, corporate training and helping people to become better communicators, presenters, and speakers. And of course, 20 years later, in addition to speaking globally across more than 15 nations um, to more than 80,000 people uh, collectively, I've uh, also uh, had the capacity uh, under my business banner called John rainer.tv that's john r-a-y-n-e-r.tv to coach more than seven thousand people across some of the uh the the planet's biggest companies with some of the best leaders and uh mid-tier managers and again if i summarize if i was to summarize everything that i do uh, michael it's to simply help people to stop talking overheads help people stop talking overheads with jargon, et cetera, and better engage people, their audiences, whether it be face-to-face or virtually, uh, with more confidence, clarity, and business conclusions. Simple as that. You, you mentioned a few things, and one that jumps out at me is I've seen many, many people speak, and the key component that your mentor shared with you decades ago about educating and influencing the audience to do something with what you're saying to them. Because if you're just sharing a story and there isn't a call to action or 
some type of inspiration to get the audience to make a shift or change something that they're doing in their lives, then you're sharing a nice story. Thanks so much. But no one's going to leave that conference or event or meeting changing anything. And that's such a lost opportunity for everybody involved. So your mentor was absolutely brilliant to guide you on that because it's obviously shaped your entire career by making that slight adjustment in, in how you present and how you talk with others. Absolutely. Without, without fail. So as we're recording this, we're in the midst of the whole COVID-19 situation across the globe and in talking with other speakers around the planet, it's amazing on the variances that I'm seeing with what speakers are doing. There are some, that are holding out and waiting for opportunities once we're able to gather in large spaces again, while others are pivoting and they're going more virtual and talking with people in a virtual setting, whether it's in a webinar or a virtual conference with sessions like you would see in a public forum. However, it's a little bit of a different format and your delivery and your presentation is different than when you're standing on a stage because the the vibe and the ambiance of, of the event is different because instead of you talking to a room full of hundreds or thousands of people, you're talking in front of a camera and you may or may not know how many people are actually watching you at that particular moment. Uh, you might have the same speech or same talk and sharing the same stories, but what are some of the things that you tell people on how to make that shift from speaking on a stage to virtually speaking, whether it's in a meeting or in an event? Yeah, well, I think, I think the first thing, Michael, is mindset, meaning that um, I think there are three categories of people right now with the current um, global commercial climate. There are those who are pining or crying for uh, not being able to uh, meet and greet and present publicly. Um, there are the second category who are waiting for and waiting for, but without going into my global perspective, because that's not what this call is about, I think that I think that the third category of person is the, the, the most wise, and that is the person who's realized that um, globally things not have only changed, that they're going to continue to change. There will be further restrictions placed on people gathering, and I've got evidence for that. But again, that's not the, the reason for this conversation. So I think that the wise person right now is doing everything that they can to, number one, trade attention virtually. Number two, become a personality and a brand virtually and by the way michael i don't just mean an individual like you or me even though that's very important as a leader but even your business if your business right now and i'm speaking to your listeners if your business right now is not trading attention in other words gaining attention if your business right now is not building an online virtual personality and brand that people connect with on an emotional level greater than an intellectual level Unless that's happening right now, and unless people upskill and improve their capability to speak into the lens of a camera, albeit a recording, or 
virtual a virtual conference where like you've said you've got people at the other end but because these days and in the days to come our ability to to inform and influence and persuade will be much more difficult for the unlearned because communication is just a science right it's a skill it's an art it will be much more difficult for the unlearned but for those who do train themselves how to be an effective presenter virtually in a recorded fashion or 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 life then um i think some will really struggle but the learned will succeed yeah and i i'm seeing and even talking with an event uh, i was scheduled to speak at next month in san diego california and they're virtualizing their conference and i was surprised at first on the number of speakers that have declined to present virtually and it, it it caught me off guard at first because I thought, wait a minute, why why wouldn't you take this opportunity to do it? And without speaking to those individuals that have declined, my hunch is there are some that are uncomfortable with the technology component of virtually speaking. And we see that in in the Zoom calls and all the other things that we're seeing around the world with organizations that are having team meetings and, and people are uncomfortable with it. And it's, in a way, it's, it's kind of surprising to me because with smartphones and everyone taking pictures and recording quick videos on their phones and YouTube channels and everything else that seems like a lot of people have, that there's this discomfort with it. And you know, curious to see you know, what your, your experience is and why, why people are uncomfortable uh, speaking in front of a camera instead of speaking in front of a stage or on a stage. Well, Michael, I think, I think there's a range of answers, but I'll, I'll, I'll keep it to just two or three. I think the first one is a lack of reference, meaning that if one's mindset or if one's um, neural pathways are not, not concrete uh, along a path of actually doing virtual sessions. It's, it's just simply new. It's different. It's uncomfortable. Is that, is that, is that fair? Oh, definitely. Definitely. So that, se- well, secondly, I think the personality of the individual must be, must be accounted for. And, and look, I, I know that this is old, old information, but it's amazing to me how many people don't uh, consider it. And that is that most of us, I would say nearly all of us, most of us are very selfish. I say this globally, Michael, when I'm training individuals or groups or speaking to groups. And I, I, find, it, I find it fascinating how most people, most humans are absolutely selfish, um, or as they say in Spanish, egoista, uh, in their uh, communication style. And by that, I mean, you know, the old-fashioned uh, auditory, um, visual, and kinesthetic I found that those who reject most doing virtual sessions or virtual conferencing, et cetera, are the highly kinesthetic people. And you understand what I mean by that. They're, they're the people who need to be uh, around a social gathering. They need to smell the sweat of others and see the eyeballs of others and, and feel the frequency of others very, very close. And I have to be very careful with that as well, Michael. I mean, I was one of those who uh, uh, I was rejected from high school by the age of 15 and a half, and I was allowed to go back to do my um, end-of-year exams when I turned 16 because being highly kinesthetic, uh, I need that personal interaction. I need that engagement. So when I was sitting in a class in the 1970s and 80s and being taught in an auditory fashion, 
someone just speaking at me, speaking at me, speaking at me, I would literally shut down and I would have my hand up at least five times per class saying, uh, sir, or, or miss, I need to, miss, I need to use the bathroom again. It's just that I had to go and visit people and see people and interact. So I think number one, we have to change our thinking. And I'm talking to all of your listeners uh, because whether we like it or not, most of us are going to have to really adjust. And I would say do an absolute change within your own business model. And I would even lead this, meaning I would start to lead virtual conversations. I would start to lead virtual videoing much more than audio. Uh, for obvious reasons. So number one, overcome the uh, the uh, discomfort. Number two, don't be selfish. And if you're highly kinesthetic, um, I'm not saying those days are gone, Michael, but they will be reduced and restricted. And I think if people overcome that, and then again, the last thing or the third thing I wanted to say is if they do upskill, because as you know, for obvious reasons, and I could go into the science of it, but for obvious reasons, it's far more difficult, and I don't mean that to put your listeners off, it's far more difficult to be informative, influential, and persuasive looking through the eye of a camera. It's far more difficult. But all that means is we need to have greater skills. And once we've got the greater skills, the, difficult, the difficulty declines or dissolves, and we can be as effective as somebody standing on a stage. That's great advice on all of that because each way you present, whether it's through a podcast or a radio show or a video series or you know a live streaming opportunity or standing on a stage in front of people, how you approach those things, while yes, it's you, there are different things that you do and being able to master all of those levels in a way where you can connect with the audience, no matter how they are consuming what you are sharing is going to be a game changer for everyone involved. If they up level their skills. And I, one of the things I've been telling people that I talk with uh, about this whole self quarantine and isolation and all the things that are going on right now is Yes, take some time to rest if you need to. If you've been going at it too long, fine. Go ahead and do that. But don't make it the normal routine of just resting. Take some opportunities. Up-level your skills. Look and see where you can improve on some things. Pick up a new trade. Pick up some new knowledge. If you're in the speaking space, learn how to utilize technology. Learn how to do all of these things. Don't pass up opportunities. Because I know in talking with many event planners right now, there are a lot of speakers that are passing up these opportunities, and that's going to open up the doors for those that are ready to take it. So uh, if you're good with technology and can speak in a virtual way, the opportunity is there. There are many events that want to continue existing, and, and to your point, I agree. Gathering in large groups is going to be restricted for the foreseeable future. I mean, we'll see what happens, but I don't anticipate the floodgates opening and you know, we're all in a 30,000-seat arena again, you know, watching conferences and things like that in the very near future, hopefully in the next year or so. But who knows? We, don't, we really don't know what's going to flush out with all of this. So 
in the unknown, you can focus on what you do know. And what you do know is if you are lacking in some of these skills, take this time to up-level your education and your skill set because it's going to pay big dividends because the industry as we know it is changing and will continue to change. Absolutely. So if you're going to, I know you've already shared advice uh, throughout our conversation, but if you were going to give a speaker one bit of advice in order to navigate what we anticipate is going to be a new normal in the speaking industry, what would that be? Well, I think, um, I think, I know this might sound cliche, but if a speaker is able to connect through the eye of a camera lens, uh, if, a, if a speaker is able to engage um, with tonality, if a speaker is able to engage with facial expression, if a speaker is able to engage by basically getting to the point much quicker than they ever used to, what might have what might have been a a, um, a liberty exercise or a freedom exercise of having you know two three four hours on a stage maybe even a day uh, now we might have what fifteen minutes thirty minutes or an hour to get the same message across or at least break break the message down into parts so uh, I think um, connection I think engagement. And I think getting to the point much, much quicker is going to be a considerable asset for every one of us uh, who leads in business. And for me, Michael, I'm saying this to not just to speakers, I'm saying this to every single leader. Right now, my clients uh, who are international by, by, by virtue of the fact that you know, things have had to change, um, I quickly pivoted. I like your word. I quickly pivoted. And said to uh, to my client base or prospect base, hey, forget my one day workshop during this season. Let's still continue our efforts, but let's just do um, Zoom sessions, video sessions. I will only do video, obviously far more powerful than audio, not taking away from this audio podcast, which I think is brilliant what you do. Um, and so, of course, what I don't do, Michael, is instead of trying to engage, um, you know, maybe a dozen people or twenty people uh, for a whole day, I've obviously had to be creative and break day break down that one day session now into into four different uh, segments, and so those 12, 15, 20 people are still uh, connecting with me, engaging with me, or I with them, uh, but it's just done in a different way. Uh, haven't had any complaints yet in the last two months, so that's a thumbs up. Uh, but I think that, again, uh, whilst your business audience are listening to this, if they are not ready to pivot, if they are not ready to create a new neural pathway, that things are different and are going to continue to be different in terms of restrictions and therefore we do business different. If people are not comfortable with the idea of looking into the, the eye of a camera, or a camera lens. And again, if people are not able to connect and engage and get to the point uh, much, much sooner, or at least break down their argument, break down their message, break down their proposition into what I call digestible chunks or segments, because all communication is like eating food, right? Even if it's the best food on the planet, you cannot just 
you know, pour it down one's throat and stuff it down one's uh, throat immediately. One has to, one has to smell it. One has to, I'm talking about your audience. One has to uh, uh, like it, the smell, the aroma. One has to want to take a little bite. One has to want to chew on that and then process that. And then of course, we don't just keep shoveling the food down. I'm talking communication, Michael. We don't just keep pouring or pushing food or communication or, or, or words or our ideas or our proposal or submission down people's throat. We've got to look for what I call permission from our audience to take the next bite. Does that make sense? It makes so much sense. And it's a great analogy with, with the food component of it is you take bites that are comfortable for the audience and, and they can actually savor it. Because if you eat something, you don't actually take the time to savor it and taste it, smell it, and enjoy it, then it really doesn't matter what you eat at that point. You're just eating food. So it, if you don't care about the taste or the aroma or anything, you're just you know, eating something and away it goes. There's so much lost opportunity on that. And, and asking the audience for permission to basically take that next bite and, okay, what's it going to be like is, is an incredible analogy. And I'll tell you what, it, there's been so much gold in this conversation. I, I wish we could talk for about a month, but I know we both have other things to do and people to serve. So John, where can people find out more about you in this awesome, awesome work that you're doing? Well, I appreciate that. And uh, the best place to find me is at johnrainer.tv. You might want to share the link, but it's uh, J-O-H-N. R-A-Y-N-F-N-L-E-E-R, johnrainer.tv, and uh, everything that I've shared um, in our conversation and more uh, can be found on that, uh, on that landing page. Awesome, and I'll definitely have that in the show notes. So, John, continue being well and continue impacting and making speakers across the globe better. So thank you so much for your time today. Likewise, buddy. All the best. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.